0: I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Alex Stern is an entrepreneur, speaker, mentor, and investor. He has become known as America's startup success expert for performing hundreds of keynote speeches worldwide and for his popular sessions at top conferences around the globe. He has been a co-founder or founding team member of eight startups with five exits, two IPOs, and three acquisitions. As a primary member of Constant Contact's founding team, Alex was one of the original three who started the company in an attic. I hope we'll hear a little bit about that, Alec. Alec was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. Alec was selected to the Influence 100 authority list by Influence Magazine. In 2020, he was a two-time Visionary Award winner at top conferences for his success as an entrepreneur and for his work helping startups and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Alec.
1: Ed, thank you so much for having me.
0: It is really, really great to have you. You have a fantastic career, and I probably did not do it justice, so I'd love to have you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you're doing today.
1: Sure. Happy to, and I appreciate the, that intro. Yeah, it's been an exciting ride, and you know, of course, with a the ride, there are ups and downs and wrong turns and all kinds of things. But just really fortunate to have been involved with starting several businesses, as you mentioned, and and having some success in doing so. And I really feel there's a repeatable formula there. And so as a result, I've gotten myself involved in some new things and created an innovation think tank where we've spun out now uh, three three companies, two of which are revenue generating and sort of getting going. And the other is sort of still in, in, in the development phase. But uh, so I've been really enjoying that. And about half my time, I'm going, I was going around the world speaking and, you know, mostly in the US, but some international and and of course, now that's all uh, shifted to virtual, to doing interviews, podcasts, and summits and events. So it's really, for me, it's a pay it forward and an opportunity to, to get in front of startups and, and small businesses and hopefully raise the water level of as many as I can, as uh, that was always so useful for me to attend conferences and hear from others that have been there and done that and learn uh, the early days lessons learned and be able to, to learn from the experiences and sort of uh, what it takes to succeed.
0: Well, one of the observations of your bio is it sounds like you went from a doer, right? A person creating and you know, even in somebody's attic, to a teacher, somebody helping others. Is that how you kind of reflect back on your experience?
1: Definitely. I've been speaking on stages for you know, from the earlier days of constant contact all the way through and most of that was around thought leadership and attending large conferences. Uh, many of that were the leading conferences in different verticals, and so that was always fun to be able to get on stage and be able to empower people with best practices and thought leadership. and And then I started telling the, the sort of the founding story and and you know those early days lessons learned. and Three of us in an attic. You know, I always say we're on the East Coast, so we had an attic. If we're in, in the West Coast, we'd have a garage, but we'd have a garage. But we were in an attic, and so I would say that you know just from. All of my, the, the collective experiences from, from a lot of the things that I've been uh, involved with on those early days, either co-founding or on the founding team or that original sort of group, you know, the taking those learnings, if I could fast track something for someone or talk about the breakthrough opportunity within their startup, if they're just getting going. So I might have an idea, I might've started something, or I want to scale it to be able to sort of work through the breakthrough opportunities and helping somebody uh, oftentimes, they'll get that through my message when I'm on stage. And other times, it's through conversation sidebar and sometimes more formally if I'm sort of mentoring, advising.
0: Do you remember the moment, Alec, when you decided to move from kind of what I call the doer to becoming a speaker? Did that, from your perspective, require bravery to make that shift or was it an easy switch to make?
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, so my speaking career actually began in college. I was a senior at Syracuse University, and we didn't have a school of management. We always borrowed other rooms and other buildings. We never had our official school, and so when I was a senior, there was a plan to build the first sort of official school of management. And they wanted a speaker, so they had Secretary of HUD from Washington, they had the Chancellor, they had the Dean they wanted an undergrad and they wanted an alumni and so i was tapped as the undergrad and i wasn't you know the the one in the uh, advanced courses with all a's but i was very active on campus and ran the ama marketing association and just did a lot of things and so i think maybe i was just for being well rounded while i was in school they asked me to speak and it's got to be in front of thousands and so i thought okay wow I mean, I've talked in class and I maybe stood up in front of class and presented something, but this this is my first, you know, real speech. So I actually took a speaking class and I worked with my speaking professor a little bit and I nailed it. I had a great talk and I did a lot of research and and pulled in some some really interesting content because a hundred years earlier, the chancellor of the university, Chancellor Day, made a sort of a proclamation that one day soon we will have a school of management. So I was able to say, you know, Chancellor Day, a hundred years later, your wishes have come true, <laughs> and so <laughs> you know it was uh, it was a great experience I, you know i I practiced it and i and I did all the things you're supposed to do to get ready for it, so I wasn't nervous, and my speech got printed in the local paper along with everyone else's speeches and it was just a real uh, exciting moment, so that just lit kind of lit the fire of speaking for me and. So when I started the career, although being a doer, part of my doing was to get out and do some of the thought leadership speaking. And I was in sales and business development. So you're always speaking in front of audiences, you know, whether they're small or, or large, but but getting up on stages started early for me. And, and I really enjoyed it where I could deliver a message to, again, empower an audience with at that time, thought leadership, best practices, the, You know what, what to do to be successful. So I caught the bug and I wanted to continue doing that you know, around, you know, the founding story and those early days. And and when I started to do that, I really felt I was carving a bit of a niche because there were not a lot of people that were, you know, a co-founder of various companies or on the founding team getting up and telling that story. Most people want to live in that. And we were, you know, a unicorn and we grew to, you know, 500 million in sales and and wanted to tell the, you know, the, the bigger picture kind of the exciting times of that, where they were, you know, at, the, at that point or, or where they had gotten to. And so I'll often lead with a talk and say, let me tell you where Constant Contact, you know, is today. And now let's go back to the attic when there were more things we didn't have than we did. And how did we get going and set ourselves apart and and start to kind of get the the flywheel of the business and our branding and other things going. And so so I love to tell that story. when I do that on stage, you know, I see the audience leaning in and and really attentive and listening and because there aren't many that are kind of doing that kind of the early days uh, piece of it. So so I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've, I've gotten the bug uh, on doing so. And I did share doing and speaking, you know, for a long time in my career. And now that sort of stepped out, Constant Contact sold. So I and others have stepped out. I didn't step out immediately after the sale about a year later. Um, then I just continued on that track to speak. And now, you know, been invited to speak on some of the top stages, you know, around the country and some in the world.
0: Wow! So it's something that has been following you for. It sounds like most of your adult life.
1: It has, yeah. Uh, certainly, being in sales and business development, you have a fair amount of opportunities where you're presenting and speaking, or or commanding kind of the room to set up whatever that the situation is with it from a selling perspective, um, and of course, then getting on stage as well. Yep.
0: Right. Right. So look. Alec, this might sound like a naive question to ask somebody of your experiences and capabilities, but when you think about bravery in the workplace, what words or phrases come to mind when you, you think about being brave at work?
1: I just got the chills, to be honest with you. <laughs> when I think of bravery in the workplace, you know, being around startups, uh, you know, it takes so much bravery to just even venture into starting something. And there are some people just want to say they're an entrepreneur because it sounds cool, but those that are really you know, stepping in, which is the majority, to, to do something or the bravery of starting a business, whether it be you know, to, to build up a startup and then go get funding and, and look for an exit, or you're starting something because you want to build a small business and, and have the income to provide for your family and so forth. Um, I literally, when someone asks me, you know, who are your mentors? Who do you look up to? And I look up to every startup and every small business out there yes i've met the celebrities and been on stage with them and the athletes and the top most successful business people but i really go back to looking at you know the the bravery it takes for starting something and then having the resilience to stick through it the ability to to sort of handle the challenges and the obstacles and the things that come your way and you know not let it break you or get stuck in it and and so some of that is learned as you go and trial and tribulation, and, but you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to start something, and there's a lot of things that get thrown at you and come your way that make it very challenging, and, and I think the fortitude and the ability to ride through the tide and handle those things that come your way. We see them today with market conditions and with the things we're dealing with, with the pandemic, plus the social justice requirements. And there's a lot of things, you know, they, these things come up and you've got to fight your way through to, uh, to succeed. So I'm not thinking of specific words, but there's a lot sort of packed in that uh, for somebody to, to want to wake up every day and stay excited and face that challenge head on because it is a challenge, especially in the earlier days when there's more things you don't have than you do.
0: So when you think about entrepreneurs, Alec, do you think there's a, a profile for an entrepreneur that makes the challenges and obstacles that come your way, kind of expected and natural to navigate through, or is an entrepreneur anyone? Right? Can it? Does it require a certain style and way of doing things, or can anyone do it?
1: So if I could step back for one second on that, and I'll answer it specifically. I'll be at a conference and ask for a show of hands. How many in the room think you're an innovator? Five or 10% of the hands go up. And I'll say, okay, how many of you, raise your hand, have any day, week, or you know, month, you see a product or a service and you think, wow, that could have been done better. Service could have been delivered better or differently. The product, you know, imagine if it had these features and, and so on. Uh, and so how many of you experienced that and every hand goes up? And the only difference here is if you take that idea and you actually noodle on it, you share it with others, you might engage some others who say, hey, I want to work on that with you and eventually um, get the wheels turning around that idea. You're an innovator. And a lot of times we don't look at ourselves as such, but everyone has the the opportunity to take an idea and bring it forward. You might have something you're experiencing or it might be something brand new. You know, 15% of the time, it's something that, that hasn't been done before. And we did that with Constant Contact, Airbnb, Uber, Facebook, et cetera, and the other 85%, it's something that already exists, but just can be tweaked and be done better or executed better on the delivery of, a, of that service, for example. And so it's, it's in all of us. Now it's just a question of, does somebody have it within them to take action, to, to actually do something? So I'm an idea guy. A day doesn't go by that I don't have another idea about something that I'm experiencing or see or think. But I also, I have to box that in to not just get two shiny new object on myself to just want to keep moving and bouncing off into different directions, but thinking about bringing it forward. And I think everyone has that, has the ability to do that. The real test in all of this is two things. You, you know, you need to stay in your lane, right? So what are you good at? And whatever that is, you know, you want to do more of it. And don't feel just because you're starting something that you've got to wear all the hats because at some point you're going to derail yourself from doing the things you're good at or what maybe the business needs most to try new things, trials and tribulations of starting something new. Or, you know, if you stay in your lane, I'm, there are a lot of ways to solve those other things that are, are not necessarily in your wheelhouse with either hiring on others or bringing in partners or virtual assistants or hiring interns or all kinds, you know, uh, part-timers, you know, there's all kinds of ways to solve those things. And, I think we don't always think of time value of money. What's our time worth? If I spend four hours learning how to create a website and then another four to eight hours starting to to do that, could I just bring someone in the mix who can do that while I stay focused on what I'm good at and stay in my lane? That would be the, the first thing. And then the second is really, does someone have the fortitude and the wherewithal to deal with obstacles? And this is one of those things where I see a lot of a lot of sort of startups and businesses stuck or frozen or whatever it may be, and they don't solve that. So what I would say is that, you know, you really want to figure out how to solve for it. And so, so you take that obstacle, like if you're like me and probably most people, you walk into the office, you put it on the first line of a piece of paper, the obstacle, you put a little box to the left of it and you hope you check it by the end of the day and you don't come in the next day and you write it down again. Cause you know, you're getting busy with all, all these other things. And so, You've got to tackle that obstacle. You've got to go seek counsel from those that have experienced the obstacle before. And how did those succeed at knocking it down or failing at knocking it down? Can it be broken up and chunked up so you can chip off pieces of it and then knock down that obstacle? Check that box on that piece of paper. Because what happens is you're going to develop a muscle memory needed to solve and handle obstacles because I guarantee you behind that obstacle is a bigger one. And when you knock that one down, guess what? Behind that next one, there's a bigger one. And so you've got to find a way to deal with those. And I think, you know, those are two things that I think are really important. If you're going to really venture into this, uh, things you should be taking into consideration to know you're going to face these and, and sort of how to best deal with it to make sure you're moving forward in the right way.
0: Well, I have seven hundred and sixty-two thousand questions to ask you about everything you just said. Uh, all right. so, <laughs> no, but I do want to keep going, and I'm just wondering, Alec, if you have a story that you'd love to share with folks about bravery you or one of your colleagues demonstrated in the workplace that you think you needed in order to keep moving forward.
1: I've experienced this, and I know everyone does. And I think that you know, I, that's sort of a one of my mantras is you know, uh, look big, act big, become big, and so in the earlier days, especially, you know, it's everything's around perception. Like what do people perceive in you or you and your co-founders, or you and the initial team or, you know, the brand, the business, whatever. There's a lot of things that people will sort of be judging you on your social channels. And if there's some for the business, you know, is there activity on them? And, you know, there's a lot of places where people might be wanting to learn more about you, get to know you and may, may judge. And so one of the first things, you know, which is just a teaching moment and then I'll get back to your question. You know, how many of you in, you know, have an email address that ends in Hotmail, Yahoo, AOL, et cetera? And so how serious is someone going to take you in your business if the perception is, you know, are you real or not? Spend the $5 if you have a domain to buy the email address that has your business named in it, not your business at Gmail, but you at yourbusiness.com. So you've got to do that and you set yourself up. Then there's the mindset around really feeling like we are big in our own right as we stand here today. And it, again, small business, a startup, you know, don't have a lot of people, don't have a lot of things in place. But if you have to believe in yourself to say, we are real, like, I believe that this will go somewhere. And so what happens is we always have that key person that we want to call or that we want to reach out to. It could be a customer, a strategic partner, uh, an investor, a mentor advisor. And so I'll ask, you know, show of hands, how many of you have that person you want to call, but you're hesitant to do so or are not ready to do so. And every hand goes up. And I was the same way. And so I had to learn how to, get over this hesitance because hesitance is just a way of delay and then a possible missed opportunity. So what I had to learn was how do I get fired up to make that call or go see that person and meet with them face-to-face or today it's a Zoom call or something like it. And so I figured out what that was for me. and, And so I would call a loved one, I would hold a baby, I'd pet a dog, or in my case, I'd sing my favorite song, which is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And so I'll belt the song out, get all fired up, and I'll make that call. So for me, I'd have you know a good call. And then most response to that would be, well, then celebrate when you finish that call. And my answer to that is no, make another call. And so I really learned a technique to use that energy I was feeling that could be felt right through that phone or felt right in that meeting and use that to my benefit and make another call and another call. And at the end of the day, celebrate. And so it's really just, uh, it's something that in my life uh, in business has afforded me a lot of amazing opportunity because I was one who was hesitant and you can't be. And if you think about a strategic partner, you know, it might be six months to a year before you sign something to partner. So you're going to wait until you're ready or till, well, the product needs this or the marketing needs that, the website needs this. We're going to just sort of hold off. You know, you've got to start the conversation and, and there's no... Time like the present, knowing behind that sits a long time to wait to lock down the partnership, for example. And so, don't hesitate, don't wait. You know, you want to look big, you want to sort of act big, and you will become big. And so, for me, that was has been a mantra that I've lived by and, and learned my way into it, and have seen success with it.
0: Well, I love that lesson that you're sharing with folks, Alec, about at moments when they need bravery. You know, am I hesitating? And if I am hesitating, what can I do differently to help me move forward? And this idea of singing a song or, you know, like Amy Cuddy and stretching and making yourself feel bigger, oftentimes the physical behavior can influence the mental behavior and help you, I think, make good progress. Right.
1: They'll feel feel your energy. That's correct.
0: Right, right. Well, Alec, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story and your experiences and the work that you're currently doing with folks. Are there ways that folks can get in touch with you to either follow up on your stories or talk with you about possible opportunities?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so the best thing is my uh, website, which is Alec, A-L-E-C, Alec Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S, AlecSpeaks.com. You can learn more about me. There's ways to get in touch. All my social channels are featured there. And so you can reach out and uh, connect on anything socially and just uh, engage. If if there's something that I can talk to somebody about or help, you know, I'm certainly uh, willing to do so.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Alec. It was great speaking with you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. and We hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com. And or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, Apple, Stitcher. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.